listening, Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey listeners, you know how much I love this thing called podcasting, right? I might have said it one or 500 times on the show. Well, I found a new way to basically share this passion with others, and that's through podcast consulting. Do you have an idea for a podcast you're looking to get off the ground? Well, definitely get in touch because I would love to work with you to take your idea to launch and let you express yourself out in this world we call podcasting. So check it out at glisteningparticlespodcasting.com. In this episode, I'm talking with Danielle Lynn. She's a soul alchemist, an energy healer, and an author. And I think what you're going to love about this, aside from just a lot of really great banter and discussion, is that you'll actually learn techniques to deal with some of the things we have to struggle with in life and to look at things from a different perspective. I know at the end of this conversation, I felt changed, and I'm hoping that you experience the same thing as well. So with that, here's Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to the show. Hi there, Jane. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be on the show here with you all. I know. I'm so excited. Um, We've been sort of chit-chatting here as we warm up for the talk, and I'm so excited to talk about all of these things that you're doing. So to begin with, how about if you give the listeners just a little bit of a rundown of the work that you do? And I know it'll probably be tricky, but boil it down the best you can. All right. We'll, we'll heat up the stove full flame. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, hello, my beautiful friends. Um, I'm Danielle Lynn. I'm a soul alchemist. And specifically what I do is I help people integrate all aspects of their life, their body, their mind, their spirit but most significantly, their heart and their mind. Because a lot of us, we tend to live either in the mind where we're thinking and logical and analytical, or we're kind of in this feeling emotional space that we sometimes call the heart. And we sometimes feel not very grounded to reality or maybe too, you know, pushed around by life. And so what I like to do and what I like to help people with is remember the power that they are here and now, by connecting to their integrated heart and mind. And instead of focusing on like, well, I got to do everything through thought and mind to tune in to their inner wisdom, okay, at their heart center. And from this place, I find that people just naturally live a an, an amazing, joyful and connected life without really having to try at all. So that's sort of the all-encompassing view of, of what I do and and what I like to share with people. 
Well, I think pretty much anyone in their right mind would sign up for that, right? I mean, who wouldn't <laughs> want that? This joyful life, this <clears throat> this um, way of living in your heart and mind at the same time. I mean, it sounds pretty beautiful. So how did you find your way to this sort of work? We didn't really talk about this yet, but I think it's good background for people to know how you got there if you for whatever amount you want to share. Absolutely. Well, you know, just like all of us listening here, I came to this through the experiences that I had throughout my life. And many of my personal life experiences were ones of struggle. And well, you know, I'll back that up by saying I love my life and I had such fun times in my life, but Mm -hmm. I would constantly be trying to push. Mm -hmm. I'd constantly be trying to like get to the next thing. And while I created very you know, what people might see as successful external aspects of my life. Cause for a long time, I, I actually worked as a marketer. I, I worked in, um, freelance and companies and, and I, and I built up this life that I was quote unquote supposed to love, but I was consistently feeling like this, this undertone of anxiety and stress in my life, no mm-hmm. matter how much money I was making, no matter what I was doing by the books mm-hmm. to the point where I had some of one of the most intense and what people might consider traumatic experiences of my life. Um, and you know, I won't get too into that Mm -hmm. story of itself, but it basically left me to the point where anyone who heard the story thought I would be broken for life. Mm. And, you know, and, and and it was close to that Mm. in my experience. Mm -hmm. But what happened was at that point, I remember laying on the floor and I was sort of looking at the ceiling going, well, is it, you know, time to a uh, time to die. I, I will a meteor to come and crush me. That was, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's pretty dramatic. That's a good, that's a way to go though. Right. That would be a good story in a way. Right. You know, I, I figured, you know, go out in a, go out in a bang yeah. and, um, I, I was a centralized meteor, you know, doesn't hurt right, anyone else. Right. But... Just your own personal meteor. Yeah. <laughs> my own personal. Dial that one but, up. <laughs> but at that point, what happened was as I was, as I was thinking of that and, and I sort of was kind of reflecting on my life, I, I started to realize, well, I want this, you know, I feel like I'm calling this meteor because I feel like I almost have to be in pain. But what if I could choose that no matter what had happened to me, mm-hmm. what if I just chose to love my life anyway? Mm. And and that thought was almost like like hearing this pin drop and then suddenly just complete silence and space around me. And it was like I suddenly just realized like, I can make a choice. Like, I don't actually need this to define me. I don't, I don't actually need to hold on to this rest of my life. And I don't need to make this painful. And what do I feel like focusing on right now? And this began this cascade where I I was suddenly connected to this fuller aspect of myself. Some might call it the higher self or Mm -hmm. what have you. But in that moment, it was like I was suddenly connected beyond my human body and realized that that the connection, not just that I am, but that we all are to life here and now. And this flash remembering, I call it a remembering because 
I see each and every one of us mm-hmm. as masters at play. It's like we're masters at play. No one's no one's messing anything up. No one's even like, you know, needing to learn more. It's that we're masters at play who are in the middle of an experiment experience. And the only way that that we we feel pain and, and all this suffering is when we resist the natural flow of our united conscious heart mind connection. That's it. That's it. That's pretty profound though. That's a that's a lot of it. You know, um I think it's so cool that you were laying there and decided to think differently about it. A lot of people who go through these sort of shifts, it's like that. There's this moment, there's there's this defining moment. And I don't like to use the word awakening as much as I like the word shift even better because it's really just taking what you see right now and changing and looking at it differently. Love it. It's like that different. Love and um, But it often is. like <laughs> I don't know what it is about lying on the floor. <laughs> it's usually the bathroom floor or something like that. <laughs> I think mine was on the the, um, the laundry room floor. Is some Part of that was there. But um, there's something oh, about yeah. that where you just are stopped and you have two choices, right? You just give in and fall apart or you go you know there's got to be a better way to this and it's easier to do that than people think oh yeah don't you and, that's well, the you, thing that gets me it's not as hard as it looks well you know here's the here's the fun part of it because like you said a lot of people a lot of people almost want to do it or make the shift or make mm-hmm. it happen or or how can i get there and and like you said it's it is very it is very straightforward but I want to say to you listening here especially if you know you tuning in are having a rough time of sorts by no means you know are am I saying like well you know you just shift just just change just because mm-hmm. I understand when you're in the middle of that it feels like you have 10 mountains on you and then a camel just laid down on top of all of it mm-hmm. it's just it can feel like so much but the the beautiful part of this is that because you can just shift, you don't have to do. And what I tell anyone, and you know, this is perfect just to say right now, what I tell anyone who's going through something like that is that you don't have to try and find and do and make something happen. Rather, the more that you can love yourself where you're at right now, the more you can step into non-judgment about your experience, even if it feels like garbage and even if you're lying on the floor, you know, you join the floor club with the mm-hmm. rest of us, even if even if it just seems insurmountable, if you can sit there and go, you know what, I may not have all the answers here and now as to why this is happening. I may not even have the answers as to even how to get to the next step. And I might know that there's something that that's more true to me than what I'm feeling right now. I'm just going to understand that on some level, this was so important for me to experience that I'm experiencing it because I know that my fullest self would never put me anywhere that I wasn't supposed to be. Mm. And so I'm going to, I'm going to just love this moment. And if I can't love this moment, I'm going to love that I can't love this moment. And, and and if I can't love that, I'm, that I can't love this moment, then I'm just going to love that I can't love that I can't love this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Until you finally can love it, right? Until you finally... And it's, you know, we laugh a little bit, but uh-huh. I usually find, you know, I never get past seven iterations of that. Okay, well, I can't love that I can't love. Okay, but I can love that I can't love that I can't love that I can't love. And and it's and we laugh a little bit because when we finally get to that point, that becomes the string that when you pull it, 
everything starts to unravel, but in the most beautiful ways. Mm. You see? Yeah, it's, that is beautiful. So tell How me. How easy, right? Right, right. No, it's not. I mean, and I, I didn't mean to make light of it either because it's, there's all different oh, scales of it. Like, um, it's one thing to shift from when you're, you know, um, trying to look at a good example here. Like, oh, I, I maybe I don't want to do this thing today that I have to do, but I really have to do it and I'm not in the mood and I'm, you know, it's messing up my day or something. I can shift from that and be grateful that I have this cool thing, to, this thing to do, that I have these things, ways I can serve or whatever that is. But it's a, you know, there's way bigger scales than that, right? Where people are in, you know, much worse, much, you know, like horrific situations and it's harder to do that shift. Um, Absolutely. But I think the way you de- described it, can cover any of the situations. So you talked about integrating integration, and I wanted to understand that a little bit better. So I think you talked about resistance and acceptance. Was that right? Yes. Okay. So another thing that I'll say, you know, another perspective that I I like to share about pain and resistance is, and and well, people have heard this one before, you know, what you resist persists. Mm -hmm. And really, the, the very simple thing is you know, a lot of people like to talk about manifestation or how we create or how we do things. And one of the simplest ways I found to sort of explain this is where the focus of your energy is. So there you are. So there you create. Mm-hmm. And when we are kind of in this problem solution mode that we sometimes find ourselves in, when we are when we are trying to focus on healing something or fixing something within the component of trying to heal or fix it is the core seed that there is something wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like we are, it's almost like we're trying to, you know, dump out water from the boat and we dump it into the, you know, into the lake. But then as you pick up the bucket from dumping into the lake, you pick up some more water and dump it back in the boat, right? Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. sort of this, it kind of creates a perpetual cycle. And so integration is where you stop, where you shift from resisting the energy or seeing things as good or bad or right or wrong or, or things you have to fix. And you start looking at it and yourself as connected to the whole. And in doing that, you start remembering what they say is energy is never gained or lost. It is, it only shifts. It transmutes. Mm-hmm. And when you tune into that for yourself, you stop seeing yourself as a separate en- entity from life, from the world, from the universe, where things happen to you or with you. And you actually consciously tune in and plug into the actual fabric of the universe. And you start to shift your energy inside out. And not only does it shift the way you feel about things, as you do this more and more consciously, your actual reality around you shifts. Hmm. I was so, I was listening so intently. I almost um, can't come back and ask the question now. <laughs> no, I was, no, I was okay. feeling I keep... into that. I was totally feeling into that because I've experienced that where you just really like let yourself connect to everything around you and be one with everything around you. And it's this intense amount of calm. Mm. And it's so much easier to make decisions from there and think of next steps or whatever they are or have like ideas flow in your brain when you're in that state versus the, how am I going to solve this? How am I going to solve this? You know, that state, which is a very different way of finding solutions. 
Absolutely. And like you said, I love that you bring that up. So coming to back to the topic of integration, mm-hmm. it's also about unifying the thinking mind and the heart. And a lot of times we've been working with the mind, like we made the mind for a lot of us, kind of the CEO, right, of running our lives. Like we go to the mind, well, I got to think about this. I got to plan it out or process it. But the mind is a limited tool. It's a wonderful tool, but it is limited. And who we are goes so much further beyond the mind that we couldn't possibly hope to connect to everything we are if we are stopping as far as the mind. Hmm. So what we do in, in integration, when we remember, when we remember our power of being alchemists, because you listening here and you, of course, to Jane and me as well, we are all alchemists at play at different levels of remembering our powers of alchemy. And so when you, when you let yourself integrate your thoughts and your, your heart guided, soul guided wisdom, Okay, because there's 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 intelligence, but there's also this knowing and this wisdom that comes from the heart. And some people have that mind versus heart battle. Mm -hmm. And that's when they haven't integrated the mind and the heart together and made the understanding that that the mind works with the heart and the heart is this is your actual central processing system. The heart, not the mind, is where we where we where we bring together all of our knowing all of our knowledge, all of our interpretations, all of our gut feelings, all of our thoughts, and the heart is able to hold space with all of these aspects of ourselves while connecting to our fullest self so that in that very moment, no matter how how wild our dreams or our visions or our soul guidance feels, we have the answer here and now. The heart processes everything mm. and gives us a here and now answer that is our next step in our path. And that is heart guidance. Oh, I like that. I felt that. Right? I felt that. I know ooh, that. Yeah. I'm it, feeling it. <laughs> yeah. And it's um it's it brings forward the next clear step, which is really all you need in a moment. You know, I think mm-hmm. our, our minds try to come up with all like the whole entire path from beginning to end. Yes. But the heart says, here's what you need to do next. Just do this next thing. Yes. That's it. And that will get you. Yes. Yeah. I was wondering if we could talk through like a real world example, just that I think probably people have run into. And since you talked about the heart, um, so like affairs of the heart, like heartbreak when someone, uh, when people break up and someone is not happy about that decision, how do you um, help people through something like that to reframe that and look at it differently? Beautiful. I, I love that example because, you know, especially especially in in any form of love or when mm-hmm. we feel like we've connected with someone romantically or even family it mm-hmm. can feel like you're being ripped apart when it feels like you've separated especially when you didn't want to so here's here's some perspectives that i i usually start with and the first one is all experiences of love that you have in your life are rooted in your experience of self-love. In other words, the feeling of love you get from another person is really just a permission slip you give yourself through the reflection of the other person to experience the love that's already present within you. 
So, so you're saying the amount of love I would a person. <laughs> I'm not going to use myself for these examples, but the amount of love. Well, I'll use myself just so it's easier to explain. Yeah, so the amount just of an, just, yeah, a, just an example. So the amount of love I would receive from somebody else would be equivalent to the amount of love I feel for myself. Correct. Okay. And the reason a lot of people have a disconnect with that is because when a lot of people are alone, they don't they don't seem to have that permission slip to feel that level of love for themselves. So it's almost like they they connect with another and they see the love they deserve through the eyes of the other mm -hmm. and they receive that so fully. And when you're receiving that and you feel like it's external to you and you feel like that's taken away, it feels like you're, you're receiving of love left with that person or that experience. Mm -hmm. And, and, and of course, you know, that feels very intense because you, you feel like you're being ripped apart. Right. But and really that amount of love and feeling that a person had was truly just a was truly a reflection not just but a reflection of where the person is at for themselves. Exactly. It's hard to use third the, person for this, but <laughs> It's it's okay. You know, yeah. I use I often use I or me because, yeah. you know, we we that's just the easiest way to do this. But mm -hmm. for what I what I find and what I feel and what I've experienced for myself is that that when you are looking in the eyes of the other, you are really looking at yourself loving you back. Hmm. And even in the highest sense, you know, you and I and, and all of us tuning in already know this, like at least we know this theoretically that we are all one, but we are also truly all this oneness while we are giving ourselves this fun, beautiful game of pretending that we are also these individual beings. And so when you are in that state of love and allowing what you're doing with another is you're allowing yourselves to open up this heart space with each other so that you can receive and experience the love that's always present for you. Hmm. And this and this is not only happens in, in relationships, this also happens when a mother and child look at each other. This happens when, um, you know, when you're sometimes when you're meditating mm -hmm. and this is when people remember it when they're alone because they feel that love. But sometimes they, they still think it's something external to them. And what they're really doing is they are relaxing enough. They are letting go of this perception of being this human self that. That, you know, because of course you've lived as you and you're like, oh, but I know what I've done and I know everything <laughs> I've been and I, and I know I don't like that. And I don't like that. And it can make it hard for us to, to almost completely love and accept ourselves. So when we see it through the eyes of our pets or our lovers or everything, we are feeling that unconditional love that we already have, but we, but they become a permission slip. Mm. for us to feel it. And when we feel, but, but what we do sometimes where we stop is we sometimes think then, well, they're the source of it. Right. They're the ones giving it to us. So when they, so, but then, but then the relationship turns from, I'm aware that I'm being the love and you're aware that you're being the love. And when we come together, we are an exponential form of love that is so delicious and mm -hmm. beautiful and yummy. And that's our unique expression to, I need my love from you and you need your love from me. And that's, that's the difference. You mm -hmm. see, mm -hmm. I do. That's a really great explanation of it, actually. Oh, beautiful. Hmm. 
So this is kind of fun playing real world examples with you or, you know, not real world, but, you know, just oh, yeah, specific yeah. examples. So the next one that I have, if you don't mind, um, and actually while we're here, let's talk for a moment. I, you use the word perspective quite a bit, which is awesome because it ties in with your book. Why don't you tell everyone about that a little bit? Oh, yes. So I have a book, which is really more of an alchemy tool, you know, speaking of alchemy, and I call it 27 Soul Perspectives, because from my perspective, mm-hmm. <laughs> our, our reality, we are able to experience the reality that is truest to us moment to moment. And even when we are in a perceived limited human experience where things are perceiving to be happening to us, we still always have moment to moment the choice of our focus and our perspectives. And it becomes the first stepping stone to connecting to our remembering of the full power we are moment to moment. And so this book, 27 Soul Perspectives is an alchemy tool that that I have 27 different perspectives that are, are ranging from anything from, from self-love to judgment to views on on your higher self or your or your life or abundance. And I've put them in this book and I wrote it in the state of being my fullest self. So being the human, being the divine, being all of us. And I've woven in there frequencies that 